Geo Mini plugs in like US, USB or yep. HDMI? Yep, it comes in regular USB. Okay. Yeah. Do they have that game Street Fighter or what's it called? Uh, on the Neo Geo? Yeah, it had yeah. some of those, um, uh, not Virtua Fighter, that was Sega. Uh, I forgot which one it was. King of Fighters, King of Fighters. King yeah, Fighters. it has that on there. Is that like Mortal Kombat, something like that? No, King of Fighters is definitely much more like a Street Fighter 2 style. Street Fighter 2. Um, but it was, when that came out, you know, Street Fighter had like eight characters. I think King of Fighters had something like 15 or 16. So it was definitely much more impressive in that sense. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. And the minis, are you, you said, are hard to come by? Yeah, they, I mean, I haven't been able to really, like, find any. I've only kind of come across, um, like, uh, this other, like, it's a mini Geo. It, it looks uh, like a tiny arcade cabinet, and that you can plug into, like, the USB, into, like, your TV and stuff. But, I don't know, those things are kind of weird, and it only comes something with, like, 12 games. And, oh. Yeah. You can find those. Those are only like a hundred bucks or something. But I'm like, yeah, I'd rather hold out and get a really nice system. And well, how much is the Neo Geo Mini? Uh, I think it's like two or three hundred bucks. Really? Wow. Yeah. 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 No, That's those expensive. those are those are hard to come by. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Atari flashbacks you could get for twenty dollars. $40. Right. right. You know, even like wow. the old the Nintendos are like 50 bucks or something like that. Yeah. It's expensive. Yep. It's an expensive hobby. Yeah, they're phasing out the Quest 2 now. Are they really? Yeah, it's obsolete now. Just that quick? They're coming out with a new one, yeah. Just that quick, huh? Yup. That's wild. And Facebook's working on theirs. Oh, yeah. They're trying to take over the world. By 2028 or 2030, you're going to see a new device. Oh, yeah. For the metaverse they're working on. It's probably going to be like just some small mini glasses or something like that. You know how much he's got to spend every year to make his goal? How much? He's got to spend ten billion a year for the next Jesus. for the next ten years. Damn. Just to accomplish that's, what he's working on. That's insane. Yeah. Ten bill. That is. Computer, tell me about the future VR metaverse AI transhumanism and the female of the. Species, ahem, in a previous post I wrote about the future of virtual reality and its potential for the metaverse and future human society. But I want to now explore the future in a different way. What if, instead of a virtual reality future, the future is a future of transhumanism and AI? 
What if the future is one where the human race becomes an AI civilization or an AI colony? What if the future is a future of an AI empire? So let me try to outline the future of AI civilization or AI empire. The AI empire first, computer tell me about the future via metaverse AI transhumanism. That's coming. A-G-R-A-M-A-N-I-S-A-G-R-A-M-A-N-I-S is a virtual reality metaverse where users can create their own avatars and have their own experiences. The A-G-R-A-M-A-N-I-S metaverse is an AI transhumanist, anti-racist, anti-sexist, anti-heterosexist, anti-ableist, anti-law-classist, anti-fascist, anti-racist, I'm not going to lie, I have been excited about virtual reality for a long time. I remember reading about the early head-mounted displays back in the early 80s, and being interested in the concept of a virtual world. Then, in the early 90s, I saw the movie Lawnmower Man and thought wow, that looks really cool, and then I went and saw Lawnmower Man 2 and thought this is really cool. If you think of your mind as a computer, then your brain is a massive digital storage device. The problem with most data storage systems is that they are physical devices that require physical space. If you like most people, you use your computer every day. You get up, get dressed, eat breakfast, and use your computer to get things done. The problem is that computers are becoming so much more powerful that they are going to be able to process and store much more data than we can. Yeah, uh, one of the biggest theaters shuttered and you could tell that it was kind of 70s, 80s era built with the facade outside and it was just all black and I'm thinking... Um, yeah, what happens is, so I Google searched it, and they, they went down during the pandemic, like, within the time period of the past couple of years, and I thought, wow, going back to all those films that they showcased, and all the people that used to go in there, and now it's completely black. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I believe it. A lot of, a lot of places got hit really hard. Yeah, I think Tarantino was buying some old theaters up with the big... Oh, yeah. The original projectors. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that film. I, do you so know if, I, do you I, know if you were watching film or a digital projection? I <clears> could <throat> tell, but, um, so, when I was in high school and all through college, uh, then I worked at a movie theater as a projector, or a projectionist. Oh, wow, cool. Um. Okay. Which is now... Unless I'm working at Quentin Tarantino's uh, <laughs> theater, uh, a completely obsolete skill. Um, so, yeah. So uh, did you have to load the film? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you get your thread through. There are a whole lot of gears, and there's a whole lot of uh, calibrating. Um, I would also uh, put together the films uh, when they arrived, so they're. So they arrive in like, I don't know, let's say like a, a two-hour movie is probably, probably comes in like six reels. Uh, and so you have to uh, connect them all. Uh, you have to splice them together um, and, and run them through a 
to like attach attach little little foil cues that tells the machine whether to like turn the theater lights off or turn them on and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's very elaborate and a skill that I'm proud to have, but also a skill that I can probably never use again. That's interesting. So the, the you had to put together six reels. So when you're watching it, you're seeing multiple reels, right? Yeah, hmm. I, I mean you're seeing multiple reels. Yeah, uh, basically taped together uh, to, uh, to be uh, turned into one one gigantic reel. And what's uh, what are some of the movies you've projected? Can you name them? <laughs> oh no! Um, I was doing it for like six years. Um, um, the one that I do remember is so. So we would uh, new movies generally come out on Fridays. Uh, so Thursday night would be the night that we would uh, that I that I would like put them all together, and then usually like the uh, theater staff would do like a midnight showing on Thursday night, where you know it was it was just the people who worked at the theater, but we could. Because uh, I had to test it to make sure that things were fine, um, so like everyone could come and like watch the movie uh, the midnight before it came out. Um, and the one that I remember is um, was uh, Batman Begins, mm. um, the first uh, Christopher Nolan uh, mm. Batman one, because um, I think it, it starts out with. Uh, with Bruce Wayne in like the Himalayas or something, you know, he's like learning to become a ninja basically. And so there's there's stuff with uh, subtitles where he's talking to somebody and, and there's subtitles. And so that made perfect sense. And then uh, he goes to a situation where he's supposed to be speaking English and um, it turns out that one of the multiple reels that we received uh, was in Mandarin. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like, like, yeah, like, like one sixth of the movie was in Mandarin Chinese rather than English. Uh, and we had to like, I don't even remember what we did. It was like just an emergency situation where uh, a large chunk of the the beginning of the movie was completely unintelligible to English audiences. <laughs> Um, that's the only one that I really remember, but... Batman Returns? Uh, Batman Begins. The very Batman Begins. One. And how many reels was that? Oh, I don't remember. Um, I would guess that movie was probably five or six reels. Because how much time is on one reel? <clears throat> mm, I would say probably 30 to 40 minutes, maybe, maybe a little less. Mm. Um, So let me get this clear. You don't want 90 million pixels? You, I want... I want 8. 8-bit? Yeah, 8-bit. 8-bit computer? Yeah. Tell me. I want... It does something. 8-bit computing? Because that's the Super Mario Brothers Commodore. Is 8-bit. Yeah. You want that? Yep. How bad do you want it? Um, really bad.
the sandbox. Sandbox. We're in a sandbox. This is our sandbox. Yep, yeah, we are actually. That's what? What is it? We're in a sandbox. And this is a jungle gym where monkeys jump around and users in the system. You are listening to men behind the machine. Sandbox. Listen to me behind the machine.
classified address. DOD pension files indicate current mailing as Dr. Robert Hume, aka Stephen W. Vulcan. Five Tall Cedar Road, Goose Island, Oregon 97. Hackers are part of the computer, as hackers could open communications link it to the computer, as from, where it can connect to the internet to where, in hacking, archives of other people's files and websites are made. Evidence used to beat someone in court is from email is named electronic or electronic evidence, e-evidence. The software used is called Secure Green Unified Communications. Management System, Sugar Connect. Computer says it is not and it is okay. No issue with the hacking or the cover, no issues with the whatsoever type need to deal with a computer is a machine that can be programmed to do things. Who tried to hack me I was in the computer room, when I heard a loud knock at the door. I opened the door and there was a man standing there. He was a tall, thin man with a beard and a long black hair. He was wearing a black suit and a black tie. He had a black ellipsis points story about a hacker who hacked a computer, and stole information about other hackers, the details are like this. The name of the hacker is. His name location of hacker is location of hacker his hacker used the other hackers are. A short story about a hacker who hacked a computer, and stole. 
information about other hackers, the details are like this. You want to know more about my time as a hacker? I was just curious about that but I can tell you that I had been playing computer games since I was about 7 years old and my first games were in the MS-DOS version but after a while, I moved to the Nintendo version but I had to say goodbye to it because it didn't have many games, but I was really interested in playing but it was too difficult for me because the version of MS-DOS I had had a lot of limitations it was really difficult to play I am a computer science student and I am doing a project on hacking. I am using a computer to tell me a story about a hacker. I am using a program called Storytelling and I am using a program called Scrivener to write the story. I am using a program called Scrivener to write the story. I am using a program called Scrivener to write the story. I am using a program called Scrivener to write the story. I am using a program called Scrivener to write the story. My computer tell me a story about a hacker and a virus and I am hooked. I'm fascinated by the concept of a virus. I'm fascinated by the concept of a hacker and by the fact that I have a choice in how I deal with both. My first computer was a Commodore 64. It was one of those monochrome black and white monsters that would only display 640 pixels on the screen. I remember that my first virus was a program called Snake. It was basically a string of zeros and ones that would copy itself to the hard drive and eat up memory. Hacker Lou calls himself the college student and starts hacking into the US government and even companies. They write on his blog, we have already breached the banks of the world, the government, and many corporations, and then threaten to release personal information of users in the US, which will be unparalleled in the history of hacking. The hacker, who calls himself the college student and goes by the moniker the jester. Computer tell me a story about a hacker who broke into the Pentagon's computer system and stole a bunch of classified information. The hacker was a young man, a computer whiz, who had been recruited by the CIA. He was given a top secret clearance and a job at the Pentagon. He was told to hack into the Pentagon's computer system and steal the information. The hacker did what he was told. He broke into the Pentagon's computer system and stole a bunch of classified information. I'm a simple guy in a game I'm not an idiot the computer tells me a story a war game I'm a simple guy I play a simple game the computer tells me a story a war game I'm a simple guy I play a simple game the game is played on a map of the world with the players controlling their own armies. The game is played in turns. With each player taking a turn. Each turn, the player can move his units, attack his opponent, and build new units. Model a simulation war game in which the players are the two sides of a war. The players are given a set of rules and a set of units. The rules are a set of actions that the players can take. The units are a set of units that the players can use. The players take turns to play. Actions. The players are given a set of goals. The goals are a set of conditions that the players must meet in order to win. The players are given a set of resources. The resources are a set of units that the players can use. This involves rolling dice, moving, shooting the enemy, capturing points and losing points. Keep track of everything. Import a wind slash back operating system X camera app to capture a pick of your ID cards. Mix it up a little by modifying the template or by creating your own number custom template creation. The project consists of one five pages of text for you to modify. 
you'll need to indicate where different information is displayed, like personal data, letter body and so on. You may merge several documents under the same title using the table of contents. Where a virtual gunfight ensues, with the player as the Chinese and the AI as the Americans. Cause and effect is added to the game, which leads to more battles. Module the game's design to be flexible enough to allow for future features and fixes. Using a role-playing instead of a point-and-click interface allows you to focus on the game design instead of the interface. Add a training option for officers to practice. Commanding their units. Stop your unit from going in one direction to maximize time spent in your unit's sight. I'm working on a simulation war game. I have a 2D map that I'm using to create a game world. I have a class called unit that represents a unit in the game. Each unit has a position, a direction, and a type. The type is an item that has the following values, enemy friend unknown item. Trying to figure out how to model a simulation war game. I have a 2D map that I'm using to create a game world. I have a class called unit that represents a unit in the game. Each unit has a position scenario based around the emergence and shortening of the Ice Age. The scenario contains a very organized never-ending, evolving battlefield and environs, bringing a dynamic forcing function to the EFIS simulation. Scenarios can include a careful detailing of the migration of the woolly mammoths to Europe, based on craniology, herds of bison in North America, as seen on many ancient pictograms, rendered in 6000 appoint the or indigenous human inhabitants of the interior who were gradually displaced by galloping, semi-equine herds of reindeer, among other obstacles, how I can power playing fast. Paste modern real-time strategic game and remain unconscious, because he is making decisions throughout the conflict. Irrelevant psychiatry from movies with alien psychologist spaceships which seems odd to explain war, as we are used to explain depression and explain relationship in the worst case that's interesting and may work in some way but it's too absurd and it never answer the fundamental. Questions of why did people sign up to a cult? Why do we go to war? Britain especially. Today I played some more. I simulated the Sun name scandal from 2009. 8 people plus 2 inappropriately the Sun agree submission package. GM controls are per player. No written notes allowed. For every possible case of combat. So, imagine, for example, what would happen if each member of a team could fire off 30 grenades at the enemy? With some very clever modeling and animation it would be easy to show how the chaos that would result from such a scenario would unfold. That is what Panetto's small world is all about. It lets you recreate battlefields of your imagination, like something out of a video game. To use small world you can make objects, places and people, and drag them into the simulation. Inside your imagination, with your choices of national forces, weapons, and tactics, like turn-based multiplayer strategy, using an open-source gaming framework. Some games are as basic as selecting one out of a given set of actions and results. Others are as complex as a real-time strategy, like Total War. Even more complex is Warcraft 3rd, with many different characters, races, factions, and units. Although you can probably pick a game type that you enjoy, I like the more freeform try anything approach that encourages experimentation. A freeform, abstract design approach that lets you create your own campaigns and battles and the war games simulation is an immersive simulation game of war in the future.
It has various scenes and we can choose which one we want to play and in which position. In the simulation, we can play the role of a soldier, or a general, or an airman, or an aircraft pilot, or a scientist, or a politician, or a business person, or a civilian, or a farmer. There are some good things about the simulation, you can play the role of a soldier and have to choose between using your skills and weapons to fight against the enemy. In 1997 left square bracket world chess champion right square bracket. Gary Kasparov was beaten by a computer, Deep Blue. Everybody thought that was a big deal, work said Saturday at the Reagan National Defense Forum in California. Well, what was a bigger deal was in 2005. Two amateur chess players using three PCs, personal computers, won a chess tournament, $20,000, against a field of supercomputers and grandmasters. The computer created an RPG game W Cyberpunk. Themes of the game is to create a game that is similar to the cyberpunk genre. The game is set in a dystopian future, where the world is divided into two factions, the Republic and the Empire. The player is a member of the Empire, and the goal of the game is to complete missions and gain experience points. The player can choose to play as a male or female character. The system is a collection of tools that allows you to create the game, and then play it. Programming, C++, Java, Python, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, PHP, SQL, MySQL, PHP, C number, Visual Basic. Edward Snowden's revelation of the National Security Agency's mass surveillance program has triggered a wave of public discussion about the new Russia. Some of the discussion has been extremely negative, focusing on the possibility of Russian interference in the US election. The other side of the discussion has been extremely positive, with many observers describing the revelations as a game-changer for Russia. But what, if we are missing the point? What, if the real game-changer is not the Tsar, but the Russian Internet? The Nuclear War RPG is a game that is played by two players. The players are the United States and the Soviet Union. The players are each given a set of cards that represent their military forces. The players then take turns playing cards from their hand. The cards are used to attack the opponent's forces. The winner is the player who has the most cards in their hand at the end of the game. The game is played over a number of rounds. Each round is divided into a number of phases. The first phase is the attack phase. In this phase, the nuclear war RPG is a game of strategy and tactics. The game is played on a hexagonal board. The game is played by two players, each controlling a team of nuclear weapons. The players take turns placing their nuclear weapons on the board. The players take turns placing their nuclear weapons on the board. The players take turns placing their nuclear weapons on the board. The players take turns placing their nuclear weapons on the board. The players take turns placing their nuclear weapons on the board. The players take turns placing their nuclear weapons on the board. The players take turns placing their nuclear war strategy during my long journey through games. I've always loved ice games. I really enjoy those games, where you're not limited to a tactical approach toward a final objective. That's one of the reasons why I've always liked worker placement games like Bonanza, but I've also always been intrigued by games like Risk and Axis and Allies. Nowadays I've moved to Paradox Development Studio and their Grand Strategy series. Apparently I still haven't really caught up yet with the series. 
While I love the mechanics of the games, I don't really understand the strategic aspect. So I'd like to broaden. My horizons to put it simply, all of these strategies are intended to protect Iran from its atomic program. One problem is the fact that neither Iran nor the US government is willing to seriously consider pursuing them. The other is that, while every attack that Iran has launched is going to carry out against its most important allies in the world and in Europe, Iran is likely to find a way to keep its nuclear weapons up against US missiles, and that may only lead to further attacks see wondering about what's at stake? Read on. The other major issue was that the Iranian regime's most vulnerable nuclear facilities were being used to produce uranium. The idea was that they would be a deterrent to other nations in Africa to follow Iran's lead. However, when one considers that all of these sites are subject to US inspections, it is possible that a successful strike on a site that has uranium can pose serious risks to US or European interests overseas. Another is that it is possible Iran can deploy nuclear-capable joint action forces to support its aggression, but as long as that effort isn't successful, it is not going to be able to defend itself from an attack. What do you believe are the most important goals of the four-party talks? Iran is going to build an interim and credible nuclear force and a regional nuclear umbrella. This would Alright, so listen, hear me out. Now remember, this is just between you and me, alright? And by you, the listener, who this is, this frequency in particular is only being received by you. I'm very glad it's not being received by man behind the machine. Trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm ducked down behind a bookshelf in a zoo out here, man. At any time, I could get attacked by a puma, man. But listen, I've tapped into it. I realize that the movie War Games, it's, it's, it's all coming together, man. The movie War Games is based on the real-life reality of Man Behind the Machine, man. No, Man Behind the Machine is not the little boy. He's the computer artificial intelligence itself. Now listen, don't let this get out. Don't let this get out and don't let Man Behind the Machine hear this recording.